0: Welcome to Episode 9 of How About Them Huskies. I'm Connor, joined with Andrew, Matt, and Matt. And today we're going to preview the Big East. Conference play is starting up this weekend. There's already already one game, St. John's versus DePaul, last week, but it's really starting this weekend. And we're just going to preview every team. We each have some thoughts, and let's we'll get into it. We'll start with Creighton. Creighton was p- picked first in the preseason poll. How are they doing?
1: Well, Creighton, they're not doing too great. They've dropped five straight. Greg McDermott's the coach over there. Doug McDermott's dad. Quick shout out to Doug McDermott, Creighton legend. Um, and their losses—they're not bad. They're all Power Five losses or Power Six losses. Um, they lost to Arizona State. Dan Hurley's brother over there getting the job done. Uh, where he's going to make it two losses to Hurley brothers this year, hopefully. And they beat Texas Tech, who's always okay, and Arkansas, who's also a pretty good team this year. And they're pretty star-studded, actually. They have a couple guys who are really going to have good basketball careers and who have had great college careers up to this point. They have Ryan Kalkbrenner, who's probably one of the only guys we'll go against this year who's as taller, a little taller than Klingon. And he's been around forever, and he's one of the most solid centers in the country. He's averaging 16-8 about. And then they got Ryan Emhart, another guy who's been around for a while. He's their uh, main facilitator, and he's averaging 11.5 points and six assists. And then Baylor Shireman, who just transferred over from, South Dakota State. Yeah, South Dakota State. And he could shoot the cover off the ball. I was watching some tape on him, and he's got range, and he could really shoot it. And he's a good playmaker. He's averaging 11.5 and six assists. Um, Arthur Kaluma, who is probably going to be an NBA guy, he's a really versatile defender. He's rangy. And then Trey Alexander, who's another pretty solid guard for them. So they have been struggling lately. Um, I think they're a little overrated this year, and it's starting to show a little bit. I don't think they're going to come first in the Big East. They have a good case to come in second or third, but um, definitely a team to watch out for because of the start power they have.
0: Yeah, I think definitely, despite the struggles, they're still a top half of the league for sure. And you mentioned the five starters that they're all really good, probably one of the best lineups in the country. But it really drops off after that. On the bench, they have guys like I think Mason Miller as like he, he's their sixth man, and they really don't have anything else after that. So. They have a great starting lineup, but their bench depth is what's been hurting them, especially because I believe Kalkbrenner's been out the past couple of games, which they both lost. So if he was on the court it may have made a difference, their backup center who got minutes, I believe, was Frederick King. He had a a good game the other night, but he's no Ryan Kalkbrenner. So they have the great starting lineup, and um, the bench really needs some work. But like you said, there's no bad losses there at Texas. That's a tough environment to play in. Nebraska – well, Nebraska might be a bad loss, but we'll we'll go past that. Uh BYU, Arizona, and Arizona State. So, like you said, no real bad losses there. They've had a really tough non conference schedule as a whole.
2: That's when you really miss guys like Ryan Hawkins. Um, like who was their starting center like last year. Even guys like Alex O'Connell, who's playing with the Stockton Kings, I believe, in the G League right now. But I mean, he was the guy who could really provide a spark off the bench. And like Connor said, you know, their bench. Really, after their starting five, I mean, Hogburn is a star setter player. He's going to go to the league, probably. Um, but like like you said, when he's out in their backup center, has to get minutes, that's when you really miss guys like Hawkins.
0: Yeah, definitely. I think we'll keep moving here. Creighton picked first in the preseason poll. Picked second was Xavier. How's Xavier been doing so far this season?
2: Well, they're 7-3. They're under a brand-new head coach in first year, Sean Miller. Um, you know, they're kind of a sneaky team. They don't really have a player who you look at and say, that's the star of this team. I mean, they got the guy with, I think, the greatest name in college basketball, Sule Boom. That's got to be up there, but he's 17 a game. Jack Nunch 15 and a half and Colby Jones at four, uh, 15.4. So, you know, it's pretty evenly spaced out here for this Xavier team. I was watching him against Southern last night. They looked pretty good. Um, they beat Florida, West Virginia and Cincinnati all pretty good wins and then lost to Indiana Duke and Gonzaga. Three really good teams so far this year. Um but they've also got three big guys who are returners and Jack Nunge, Kobe Jones, and Zach Fremantle, as well as guys like Uncle, Matt Kunkel, I believe. But, but you know, he's just famous for being terrible against us. In that game at Gamble, um, but they're 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 all right. Um, definitely, I would say look forward to a top twenty-five matchup either on New Year's Eve or on January twenty-fifth at Gamble. Um, they're a lot different than last year. We won one and one against them. Really bad loss in a way, but we came back, beat them at home. You know the story. Book Knight gets kicked out. Um, but I think we can easily sweep them this year as their team isn't that strong, but definitely a sneaky, sneaky team.
0: Yeah, for sure. You look at the front court there with Nunji and Fremantle. That's probably one of the few front courts that can match ours with Kling and Sinago size for size and strength for strength there. But yeah, their their losses to Duke and Gonzaga were both out in Portland and the PK, the PKI it wasn't the PKI it was the other bracket. I'm not sure what it's called off the top of my head. And the loss to Indiana was a tough, close loss at home. So they're, they're definitely a good team. They'll definitely make an appearance in the top 25 at some point this year. And I think they're a team that could pick us off either on new year's Eve, like you mentioned, or even a gamble.
1: Yeah, Connor, that's exactly what I was about to just say. They give me a trap game vibes. Like, you know, they'll go in. Basketball is a long season, and there's up and downs. And there's some games where you just don't mentally prepare yourself enough or don't prepare yourself enough. And you could really lose if you don't take it seriously enough. So they got to look out for Xavier. I think they definitely have potential to be two seed in the Big East, and I would watch out for them.
0: And moving on here, the team that was picked third and probably one of the most wild cards going into this Season from the Big East, Villanova Wildcats. They were picked third in the preseason poll. A new head coach, Kyle Neptune. How have they fared without Jay Wright?
2: They have had a tough season. Um, they lost. They're five and five. Lost out in that PKI. They were in the same one as us, and they completely lost out. They lost to Portland State, Iowa State, and Oregon. So they, fi- they finished eighth place in that tournament, out of eight, which is really not. Not ideal. I mean, losing a guy like Jay Wright, who's been the coach for God knows how many years of Villanova, national championships and everything, really the face of that program for the last, I'd say, at least 20-ish years. Um, and then even a guy like Colin who who is really the heart and soul of that team. It's just been tough for this team to, you know, really succeed without them, even without Justin Moore, who's got a torn Achilles who probably won't play till at least mid-January. Definitely going to miss that first game against us. Um, But, you know, they've gotten some step up from guys like Caleb Daniels, Eric Dixon, Cam Whitmore, who are all returners. Um, But, yeah, they've just had a really really tough go of it. But an organization like Villanova isn't just going to take all these tough beatings. I mean, I don't think they're going to be the powerhouse that they were last year, but they'll definitely turn it around. They're not going to finish in the bottom of the Big East. They're going to turn it around. They're going to have themselves a fine season for sure.
1: Yeah, and I think they got Cam Whitmore back after the PKI, and he's a really good player, and um, they're definitely they're a team to watch out for. Obviously, it's Villanova, and they still got Eric Dixon, who's really good, and Caleb Daniels, who's really good, and Whitmore has been playing pretty unconscious since he came back. So I think that they had a rough beginning of the season. They They could turn things around most definitely.
0: Yeah, Whitmore's definitely a guy that scares me. I don't think Justin Moore will be back for that matchup in two weeks from today when they come to Hartford, but even without him, they're still going to be a tough, gritty team to face. And out of those losses that Andrew mentioned at Temple, that's that's their worst loss, I think, even though it's on the road to a local rival. They also lost at Michigan State. It was, I believe, a close game. Michigan State's a decent team. At least they had they were healthy at the time. They have bugged by some injuries. And then 0-3 out in Portland, losing to Portland, Oregon, and Iowa State. And that Oregon game, I believe, sidetracking a little here, they only had like four scholarship players. So that's that's a pretty bad loss in itself. But yeah, they're 5-5, five and five, but I think they're definitely better than that record shows, and they're going to improve throughout. And I saw, I believe, Joe Lenardi and he posted early bracketology in December for some reason, which doesn't make any sense because it's three months away. But he said ncaa likely team in the big east he included villanova and the whole comments were like what are you talking about it's because they're gonna improve for sure they're gonna they're five and five right now they could easily finish the way i don't know 18 19 wins that wouldn't surprise me i I think they'll definitely make the ncaa tournament even though they started out so slow and after villanova they were third in the preseason poll. Fourth is UConn. We're not going to go in, in depth at UConn. We all know UConn. You're watching this because you're a UConn fan. Um, so we'll move on to fifth in the preseason preseason poll. Providence, the Friars under Ed Cooley. Once again, they're eight and three. But the thing is, they're eight and three, but they've beaten the, the their eight easiest teams they played and lost the three hardest three hardest games they've lost. They lost at TCU, and they lost both games in the. Hall of Fame tip-off to Miami and St. Louis. And they really don't have a true star player, but they have Bryce Hopkins. He's averaging nearly 15 and nine rebounds per game, the Kentucky transfer. And Ed Croswell, now that Nate Watson's gone, has entered the starting lineup. He's averaging 12 and six. And then Jared Bynum, a guy who I thought would take a big step up this year with no more, with all the guys that transferred, not transferred out, Um, all the guys that left because of the graduation. But he's kind of taking a step back. He's averaging less than nine points per game as the lead option there. And they're really even struggling. Anyone anyone have any thoughts on Providence?
1: Yeah. Um, one thing I want to say about Jared Bynum is he, he killed UConn last year, if I remember correctly, right? Him and um, – oh, man, I'm spacing his name. Big guy who left.
0: Nate Watson.
1: Yeah, Nate Watson, who was a great player they were just dominating UConn last year. So um, they could be a good team this year. I don't really know much about them. I don't really have an opinion on them yet. He's also got a transfer though. Um, Someone who's not going to really pad
2: the stat sheet, but he's definitely going to make an impact in the game. And that would be Devin Carter from South Carolina. You know, He's not a great shooter. He's a point guard, but he's definitely going to Impact the stat sheet, and that'll be huge for Providence because a team like that really doesn't need any star, star-studded players because they kind of they kind of have an issue with chemistry. But a guy like Carter fits in real well there.
3: Yeah, and they also took uh, you know a player from UConn too, and Corey Floyd, who isn't doing too well this season. But you know uh, it'll be good to see him. Hopefully, he gets in plays a few minutes so. Have him turn the ball over a few times, miss a few shots.
0: That's yeah, I mean, he's shooting fifty percent from the field, fifty percent from three, and hasn't missed a free throw. So maybe he needs some a minute, minutes increase there. But yeah, F- Floyd's an, we're not going to go into it. He's an interesting character in UConn history, but we'll 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 skip that for today. We'll move on here. We'll move on to St. John's. They've actually had a pretty good start to the season under head coach Mike Anderson. How have they been doing?
2: look out for this squad because they are 10 and one. Um, Coming into this season, I listened to a podcast about Big East coaches that were on the hot seat. And they were two, Kate Cooley and Mike Anderson. And so far, both of them have really proved that they still belong here. I mean, St. John's 10 and one beating Syracuse, Temple, Nebraska, and then DePaul in their Big East opener. And their only loss is at Iowa state, which is obviously a really good team. They played us real well. Uh, they beat somebody in the Big East. I forget who it was. I think Nova, too. But um, they do have a really big loss. They lost their best player, and I would say arguably the best player in the Big East last year, Julian Champagny. I mean, I remember him being there, witnessing him absolutely torch us at Gamble, forcing that game into overtime, which we eventually won. But I really, that was when I really picked up that he was a really good player and honestly better than any of the guys at UConn. Um, But he's doing his thing in the NBA. They lost him, really, and Aaron Wheeler were the two big losses from last year. Uh, They still have Dylan Adewusu, Joel Soriano, and Posh Alexander who are doing their thing, but they got a big transfer
1: from Illinois,
2: Andre Curbelo, who is originally from New York, so obviously, you know, he's going to play with some passion, but he's not a guy who's really going to pad the stat sheet, but he is going to he's really going to let you know that he's there because he's a guy that plays gritty and tough basketball. Um, So, yeah, I mean, St. John's has real, real potential this year to be good. So I look out for that team. I mean, last year we played them pretty well. We got that win by eight at Gamble, and then just barely by the skin of our teeth beat them at the garden. Um, But yeah, I would watch out for that team because they could be, they could be really good, especially in the tournament, if they get hot at MSG their home stadium look out for st john's
1: this year yeah and one thing i was thinking about st john's is that their defensive backcourt is really good um posh alexander i really like posh alexander by the way he is one of the most elite two-way players in the country at least two-way guards and he has been since he's been there and he's averaging two steals a game and andre curbella is one of those guys he's gritty he's a smart player He's kind of crafty. He's also averaging 2.1 steals a game. So they have a really good defensive backcourt over there. And both Curbello and Alexander, both really tough, gritty guys.
3: Yeah, uh, last episode I chose St. John's at uh, the Garden as our match of the season. And I think a lot of that is greatly important to Joel Soriano. Uh, a lot of people, you know, they, they don't really pay much attention to Soriano. But from what I've seen from them, they, they love to uh, just stick him in the middle of the paint. And I don't know if anyone listening to this is a Celtics fan, but very much in a Robert Williams-type role. Keep him around there. He averages about 12 rebounds a game. Um, he is a huge problem for us. Uh, he seems like, you know, someone they can put in there on Sunogo and kind of give Sunogo some issues. So if that's going to be a big negative on Sunogo in that game, we're going to need a lot of other guys to step up. So I feel like St. John's could cause UConn some problems. But you know, hopefully the backcourt depth, you know, bringing in Klingon and just the overpowering frontcourt—it just it all helps.
0: Yeah, Joel Soriano—he's third in the country in rebounds per game, behind a couple of guys you may have heard of them, Zach Eady and Oscar Shibwe. So he's the real deal this year. And another guy we didn't mention, David Jones—the inner another interconference transfer from DePaul to Saint John's—he's averaging 15 points per game, seven and a half rebounds. He's really a guy that can go off scoring any night and. I I don't recall I don't remember exactly but I think he had a great game against us with DePaul last year and yeah Saint John's ten and one they beat they won I don't know what it's called the tournament at Barclays but they beat Syracuse and Temple beat Nebraska and as we mentioned beat DePaul they're they're a sneaky team I think they're going to end their drought of not making the NCAA tournament which has been a few years and yeah I think we should definitely look out for Saint John's that game in the Garden will be really fun and we'll move to another. Another team in that area, kind of. Seton Hall, the Pirates, on their new head coach, Shaheen Holloway. How have they been?
1: Well, they're doing all right. Um, Shaheen Holloway, um, arguably the greatest Cinderella story in college basketball history. They didn't win the tournament, but he's fresh off that at St. Peter's last year. He brought a 15th seed to the Final Four. They're and 6-4. They beat Memphis. That's a good win. And Rutgers, you know, they're all right this year. That's another, I'll call it a good win. And they've lost to Iowa, Oklahoma, Siena, which is a bad loss, and at Kansas, which I'm going to cut them some slack for that. And the thing about their team is they don't really have a star that sticks out in the box sheet. Their leading scorer, um, Alamir Dawes, is averaging 11.4 points a game. I was just curious, and I checked um, St. Peter's uh, stats last year where Shaheen Holloway was coaching, and their leading scorer was also averaging 11.5 and in- a half and they were a really good defensive team last year. So maybe this is Shaheen Holloway's philosophy. I'm sure he'd like to have guys scoring a couple more points, but um their team, they're they're another sneaky team. I would watch out for them. And um Shaheen Holloway is definitely the right guy for the job over there. And they could they could win a big game because Memphis is not a bad team. And they beat Memphis. So I would definitely watch out for Seton Hall. I don't think they're gonna make much noise, but. They'll be okay this year. And I think Sheen always is the right guy for the future for them, too.
0: Yeah, definitely. And a guy that I, I noticed, Kadar they, they've all been injured this year, if I'm not, not mistaken. They've had a lot of injuries. I remember seeing, like, a quote from practice, you can't do five on five. It's just they've been – hurt by injuries, but Kadari Richmond, I remember seeing when he was up at Syracuse and transferred to Seton Hall, he had a monster game against us last year, which I feel like every game, someone has their best game against us. Um, He's not doing too well this season, seven points per game, four rebounds. He's another, he's like an Andre Jackson type guy. I think, I thought he would blossom this year as maybe a lead guy, but he's not. They have Alamir Dawes, the Clemson transfer as their leading scorer. They also have Dre Davis at 11.2 points per game. So they're really a balanced team with no star, as Sark said. And, yeah, they could make noise, but I'm not expecting too much out of the Pirates. What
2: they really haven't done is they haven't replaced the two guys that left, uh, Miles Kale and then Ike Obiagu, which I think is the really big one that they need to replace just because of the fact how big his role was. He was a big, I think, seven-footer, um, and they just really haven't replaced him with anybody this year which is really their biggest struggle and it's definitely going to struggle against teams like us or Creighton or St. John's who have really good centers and especially us that have two. but I mean yeah they could make some noise you know Holloway's a really great coach definitely coaching with passion because he played there um but yeah they could be they could be a little sneaky but I don't expect as much as I did from them last year this year
0: Yeah, I mean, they won this past weekend at Rutgers. That's a very really tough place to play. So it shows they can definitely do it. I, can they beat UConn? I don't. I'll say no. But can they pull off some upsets and maybe sneak into that top half of the Big East? Definitely. And as we mentioned, Shaheen Holloway is a um, new head coach. They have one more new head coach. One more new head coach in the Big East, and it's with Butler, Thad Mata. How's Butler doing?
3: Uh, Butler, uh, th- from last year, seems very much improved. Uh, last year in the Big East, they went, was it 6-14? and 14? Um, They are already 8-3 and three right now and out-of-conference play. They beat Kansas State, which would be their biggest win so far. That was a pretty big win for them. Um, but outside of Kansas State, they haven't had uh, many other wins. Uh, they beat BYU, which is good, but... I mean, I was like outside of those two, they haven't had many noticeable wins uh, since we beat them in the national championship uh, 11 years ago. We haven't lost them. We're five and zero against Butler since that time. Uh, a lot of their uh, freshmen aren't having much of an impact. Uh, Connor Turnbull, he's averaging around two points a game. Uh, Manny Bates. Uh, the big man—he's averaging 14 and 7. He just transferred in from NC State, so he's someone to watch out for. And uh, Eric Hunter, Eric Hunter Jr. is averaging 12 and 7. He came from Purdue, so they are getting some better players in. Uh, definitely a lot to do with the coaching uh, that they that they now have. You know, the coaching change. A lot of players are going to come in. A lot of players are going to go out, and they seem to be bringing in the right players. Uh, last time we played Butler. Uh, that was a big game for Tyrese Martin. He had 27. Sonogo had 15 and nine. So it's good. It's gonna be fun to see how we do now with all their new players and all, and all of our new players. You know, see how it goes about this.
2: Yeah, they're definitely trending in the right direction. Uh, they're not in contention of really winning anything. But what a guy like Sad Mata is trying to do is just make people want to come to Baller. I mean, getting guys from NC State and Purdue like Manny Bates and Eric Hunter. That's really big for that program because they've always just been thought as, oh, great, two free wins. But I'm telling you guys, UConn fans, that Big East opener Saturday night is not going to come easy because we're top of the Big East right now and everybody is going to be coming for us and trying to beat us the best that they can. So, really, none of these Big East games are going to be easy. One of the grittiest conferences in college basketball, and especially – oh, we got Stark back. Um, But especially like a team – Like Butler, who's got all these new guys, they're going to be trying to beat us. So none of these games are going to come easy, especially ones like Butler.
3: Yeah, like Andrew said, everyone is going to be trying to beat us, which means that, you know, we're going to be playing, you know, opponents that shouldn't be very tough. And, you know, who knows, maybe they'll come out and we'll have to scrape out a single-digit win. But, you know, that's all part of being. That's all part of having that, like, kind of target on your back. And, you know, these players kind of have to learn that not – there's, there's not going to be many easy games. Every game is going to be a struggle, and you got to be able to withstand that that pressure all season. You know, Polly came on last time, and he was saying that it's a privilege to have pressure. You know, these guys just really have to understand that, and they have to know that everyone's coming to them. Everyone wants to beat them, so they're going to have to play, like, extra hard. They're going to have to practice extra hard, they're going to have to prove why they're the best team in the Big East.
0: Yeah, a team like Butler scares me a little more than a team like Seton Hall because I feel like Butler, they're another, they're a similar team where they have a balanced scoring, but they have more guys that can break out for a 30-piece any night. Like Jaden Taylor could easily do that, Chuck Harris, even Seamus Lukosius. And they also they have that five-man rotation that we mentioned. They also have a couple of key guys that haven't played yet. Ali Ali, who's another phenomenal name in this conference, is a transfer from Akron. He's coming back soon, and I'm not sure if he'll be healthy on Saturday. They also have Jalen Thomas, a big man from, I believe, Georgia State. So they're only going to get healthier and better. And I could – maybe a little hot take. I could see Butler as a top five team in the Big East this year if all, if everything goes right. And we'll move on here to Marquette. They made the tournament last year. Not a great outcome in the tournament. Got blown out. But year two with Shaka Smart, how are they doing?
3: Um, Marquette is 8-3 and three right now. They had a big win against Baylor, which um... – they haven't seemed to replicate that performance very often. Um, they came out, they beat Baylor, and they beat them pretty bad. But then they played against Radford. And they beat Radford by 10 points. So you never really know what you're getting from Marquette on any given night. Um, in their last 10, they're 6-4 and four, uh, against UConn. We won the last meeting, 80-72. to 72. Uh, They have a player on their team. Uh, his name is Olivier Maxence Prosper. Uh, last time we played him, he kind of beat us up pretty bad. He's a forward, he had 18 points and five rebounds, he only missed one shot and he hit three. Um Sonogo, who you know was his matchup a majority of the time, uh had twenty-four and fifteen. So that's a very interesting matchup to look out for. Uh come the time when we do play Marquette. Uh Prosper uh, on Sunogo. Uh Sonogo only shot nine of eighteen, so uh hopefully he can get those percentages up. You know, put up a better game even. And, uh, you know, hopefully we should beat Marquette, but Marquette is not a bad team. Any team with Shaka Smart is a decent team. Shaka Smart is a very good coach. Uh, last year in conference play, they went 11-8. and eight. Um, We're going to see how that changes this year. I feel like the conference this year, you know, some of the teams that were very good last year are not. Uh, Villanova, that's a call up to you. But, you know, other teams, Butler, St. John, um, those teams should be way more competitive this year towards the top of the Big East table. And a lot of their uh, uh, freshmen that they brought in are not making much of an impact. Sean Jones, Chase Ross, they're not really doing all that much for Marquette this year. So Marquette is uh, uh, depending a lot on their older players, Cam Jones, Oso Iguodaro, uh, Tyler Kolek. A lot of these guys uh, have a lot more responsibility now than maybe they did last year.
0: Yeah, earlier this year, like you mentioned, they they blew the rails off a pretty good Baylor team. They won by, like, they may not have won by 30, but it was a 30-point game at some point. And they're another balanced team. Cam Jones is really breaking out as a star in his second year. And Omax Prosper, like you mentioned, lit us up last year. I remember saying, I was at that game versus Marquette, and I remember saying, he's a guy I think that's going to have his best career game against us, like everyone does. And it was, 18 points. And, yeah, they lost Justin Lewis and Daryl Marcel, which those are two pretty big losses. Lewis, arguably one of the best players in the conference last year. But they're 8-3 and three right now. They're arguably – I think they, they're another team that could sneak into the top 25 at some point this year, like Xavier and maybe even Villanova and Creighton if they improve. But Marquette, definitely a top half of the league team and definitely a team I could see making the tournament. I feel Brad.
2: like the theme here in the Big East is – balanced teams. I mean, Xavier, St. John's, Marquette. I mean, even us in a way, we're all balanced. Like there's no really star studded player, like a top ten or fifteen player in college basketball on any of these teams. And that's what really makes this conference so nitty and grey is all these guys are trying to compete to win the Big East Championship, to make it to the tournament, to go to the league, whatever it may be, like Guys that like big schools like Kentucky, Duke, North Carolina, they know they're all going to the league. Guys like in the Big East, they're trying as hard as they possibly can in every single game they get to play in to try to make the league. So I really think that that's like the biggest theme here in the Big East is balanced teams. And I, I think that's why it's so fun to watch, in all honesty, is because all the teams are so balanced and there's not just really one guy who you know is going to take over every night.
3: Yeah, one more thing I wanted to add about Marquette is Cam Jones. He was the Big East player of the Week this week, uh, ripping the title away from Sonogo. So I'm pretty excited to see him uh, come the time we play them. Uh, Yeah, so watch out for Cam Jones.
0: All right, I think we're going to move on from ninth to 10th in the preseason poll. But before we do that, there's a bunch of big games this season for UConn. Obviously, Villanova, Creighton, those games are already sold out. They're sold out. They call it sold out. They're sold out on the Yukon, like .com, the tickets. You can still get them on, on like, uh, third-party sellers like SeatGeek. And with SeatGeek, you can use code HBTH to save $20 off your first purchase. And it really helps us out. And like we said, I mean, the games are sold out. Villanova and great. And the only way you can get it is through those third-party sellers. So why not use SeatGeek? It's great deals. And there's no bad seat and Gamble. XL. you could argue the same. So, yeah. Use, use code HBTH for $10 off, or excuse me, $20 off your first order. And yeah, thanks.
1: Yeah, and I'd like to make the argument that we have one of the easier to remember SeatGeek codes out there. I mean, the first and last letter are the same. <clears throat> it's four letters. All you got to remember is the BT and then you got to remember, oh yeah, there's an H at the front and H at the back. So, um, you know, you don't even really have to look it up. If you're ever just on SeatGeek, just throw in that code and it would help us out a lot. It's not too hard to remember.
0: Yeah. The support with the coach so far has been amazing, much more than any of us have thought it would be up to this point. So we thank you for that. And hopefully you keep on using it great deal. And you want to support the Huskies. It's a great way to do it. So we'll move on now to Georgetown, the dominant Georgetown team from last year that went 0 and 20 in conference play. How have they started non-conference play this year?
1: Well, they haven't really started too good non-conference play. They haven't really beat a team that is notable, but They've had a couple bad losses. Northwestern, um, not, a, not a great loss. Um, American University, another team in D.C., I really don't know much about them, but not really a brand name over there, so I won't call that a great loss. Loyola Marymount, another team I don't know much about, not a great loss. And then um, the rest of their losses weren't too bad. But um, Patrick Ewing, if he didn't win that Big East tournament two years ago, I don't know if he'd still be employed. Um, obviously you put together a good enough team to win that, but that's going to keep them employed probably throughout the year. And I don't think they're going to have a great year this year, but um, a guy, obviously they didn't win a game last year either. But um, a guy who I want to point out is Primo Spears, the guard from Windsor, Connecticut, who's he could be a college basketball superstar one day. He's only a sophomore and he's averaging 17.2 and five assists a game. And he's a Connecticut high school basketball legend. Little known fact about me, um, I played against him when he was a senior in high school in football. Um, I don't want to go get sidetracked about my illustrious football career, but probably would have been knocking on all conferences door if I didn't tear my labrum senior year. But that's besides the point. Um, he's actually really good. He's averaging 17.2 a game and five assists a game. They got Brandon Murray's averaging 15.1 a game, four assists a game. Um, Jay Heath is another guy who's pretty good, but... I don't think they're going to be, be good in the big East this year. Obviously they're predicted 10th um, and I wouldn't look out for them. Um, this even should be in the hot seat pretty soon. Um, I don't know how long that big East title is going to keep him employed for And the fact that he's a Georgetown legend. And um, yeah, I wouldn't really watch out for Georgetown this year.
0: Yeah. I mean, like I mentioned before, Oh, and 20 in conference play, that's not going to happen again. If it does, I don't know what I'll do, but it, I don't think it'll happen. They're they're not they're not terrible like last year, like you mentioned, Primo Spears, Brandon Murray, the LSU transfer, but they're definitely a team. I'm surprised they're even picked tenth in the preseason poll over a team like Spoilers DePaul is the last team we'll be covering today. But yeah, no notable wins really. Georgetown, they're just there. Maybe they'll make another Big East tournament run. I doubt it, but not much more to say about the Hoyas. And we'll move on to DePaul, the last team here under coach Tony Stubblefield. They're six and five this season. How have they? How have they been?
3: Uh yes, the very exciting DePaul Blue Demons. Um, they uh look slightly improved this season. Uh, they have wins over Minnesota, and Loyola Chicago, uh, Loyola Chicago looking like they're having an off year. But let's not take that away from DePaul. Okay, we're gonna pull that hold out hope for them that you know maybe they'll be a little bit better this season than they were last season. Uh, they lost to Oklahoma State A and M and they did lose at Saint John's. Uh they were eleventh in the preseason poll. Um that seems like a pretty realistic spot for them, I'd say. We're fifteen and one all time against them, so if trends hold, uh we should have a pretty easy season sweep over DePaul. Uh they also they went sixteen and four last year in the Big East. Uh just like who was it? Just like Butler. Um
1: Last time we played
3: them, we beat them 57-50. to 50. Uh, I remember that because that game, you know, the, uh, the spread was quite controversial to me. And, uh, yeah, uh, notable players that game. Uh, RJ Cole at 25. And, yeah, I mean, that game wasn't very exciting. We controlled it from the beginning to the end. And
1: that's how the games
3: this year should look, in my honest opinion. We should win by a little more than seven. Uh maybe double that or three times that. But yeah, DePaul, I mean, even if they make a slight improvement this year, you know, they win seven, eight games, an improvement is an improvement and you know, maybe they'll be watchable.
0: Yeah, DePaul's their best wins this year are on the road at Minnesota and at local rival Loyola Chicago. Does that mean they'll win in X at XL Center on senior day? No. But no. it just shows they're Road Warriors. I mean, well, first, I'm going to sidetrack again real quick. The senior day is at XL Center for the first time in, I don't know, ever or a long time. It should be on campus at Gampel. I think that's just it's tradition. It's it's just, I don't think it's wrong, but it is what it is. It's not too big of a deal. But, yeah, DePaul lost a couple of great scorers in Javon Freeman-Liberty and David Jones, who, as I mentioned, transferred to St. John's. And their team, they're going to finish, I think, in the – Eight to ten range, but they're definitely gonna they're gonna have their fair share of upsets throughout the Big East play. But I don't think they'll defeat UConn this season. Um, I think that'll just about do it for our Big East preview. Conference games start really start up on Saturday. UConn opens up that ball. There's a great slate of college basketball, not just the Big East. On Saturday, the CBS Sports Classic, I believe Houston is playing Virginia. So great day of hoops if you're. Not doing anything, just sit at home by the TV, and yeah, this was fun. Diggy's preview, and look forward to another episode. I believe after the Butler game, and we'll recap that. Hopefully, twelve and zero Huskies, not eleven and one with the loss to Butler, and yeah, thanks for watching. Remember to use coach H code HBTH at SeatGeek for twenty dollars off, and yeah, that's about it. Thank you.